Welcome to the Richard Blackby Leadership Podcast, helping people take their leadership to the next level. Brought to you by Blackby Ministries International. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host, as always, the Director of Media here at Blackaby Ministries, and uh, I'm delighted to be joined by none other than Richard Blackaby himself. Oh, the delight is all mine, Sam. Oh, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Now that that's out of the way, uh, we just returned from a a brief trip over to Oxford recently, and Mm -hmm. so we've been looking at lots of uh, lots of old dead uh, people and and seeing tombs of, of My great kids leaders. Know that I'm never more excited than when I'm surrounded by old and famous dead people. Oh yes, it's it's Richard's happy place and uh, no doubt. And but it was it was a great great trip and uh, we had a good time. And uh, today we are back looking at another leadership book. We do these periodically. Uh, leadership book reviews. Um, if you, we try and let you know in advance what book we're going through, so that you can hopefully read it and and join in the discussion. Mm-hmm. As always, we we encourage you to send in your questions, send in your recommendations for the next book review or uh, leadership profile or what have you. Any questions you have regarding leadership, we we always encourage you to send those in. Podcast at blackaby.com. That's the email you can send it to, or just reach out to Richard directly. Uh, at Richard Blackaby on Twitter. That's a great place to, to find him. He's there most times, and, and uh, if he's not uh, putting out uh, puns, then, then you know usually it's something <laughs> deep in, and uh, thoughtful on leadership or uh, what have you. So what do we got today, Richard? Well, we're going to look at uh, an interesting book once again. It's, it's Now this book's been out for several years, but uh, still I think one that's worth uh, returning to, and it's called Overcoming the Dark Side of Leadership. And the subtitle is the Paradox of Personal Dysfunction. Hmm. It's uh, co-authored by Gary McIntosh and Samuel Rima. And uh, it's an interesting book uh, because they would contend that, that every leader has a dark side. And if you're going to be effective over the long haul, you're going to have to learn how to overcome it. Hmm. Yeah. So tell us about the, the dark side of leadership. What What is that? Well, they would say that... Uh, as you grow up in life, a lot of times in your childhood, in your home of origin, uh, you're going to have some experiences of uh, that are going to be hurtful, they're going to be dysfunctional, mm-hmm. that are going to perhaps create uh, insecurity in your life, uh, fear in your life, uh, codependency. Things just happen uh, that wound you, that give that skew your opinion about or your viewpoint, yeah, and. Um, and you and you sort of enter into the adult world and into your leadership calling with some baggage. Yeah. And they would say that your the baggage is your dark side. And it's dark because it's usually a place you don't want to go. You might even deny that it's there. Hmm. But it has a way of uh, rearing its ugly head sometimes at the worst moments. And, uh, and so, for instance, uh, I, just to give you an example or two, uh, there's been many, many stories of, for instance, um, a very successful pastor of a church. Maybe he starts a church, and this guy is a dynamo. He's charismatic. Everybody loves him. Uh, he very quickly d- draws a crowd and fills up the auditorium. They have to build a larger facility, and 
Uh, he's on TV. He's writing popular books, and everybody just wants to go and learn at his feet. How did you grow a church so so rapidly? And uh, and he's kind of seen as a guru. Everybody wants to be like him. Yeah. And uh, and then maybe you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, one day all of a sudden a huge scandal breaks and it's discovered that while this man has been growing this church and seeing thousands of people coming to God, uh, he's also been conducting multiple adulterous liaisons. Maybe he's been even consorting with prostitutes or uh, maybe he's been embezzling money but he's fired, he may even go to jail, he's divorced, and everybody looks at each other in bewilderment and says, how could a guy so talented, so gifted, handling God's word so effectively, uh, being used of God to grow such a great church, how could how could he fall? How could he do yeah. something so foolish? That there's no question that uh, as this person is conducting multiple adulterous affairs, they're just only a fool would think that you would never be found out, that uh, yeah. it would never come to light, and that he, his ministry could ever uh, survive uh, that that kind of uh, failure. And you you just look in wonderment and say, what were they thinking? Did they just suddenly go stupid? Did they just their brain stop working? Like it, it. Sometimes it almost seems as if these people are just all of a sudden someone just set the, uh, turned on the self-destruct button and they're doing yeah. everything possible to absolutely just destroy what has appeared to be a great life up to that point. You could tell that story many, many, many times. Uh, and not just in the Christian world, but uh, it could be a CEO of a phenomenal company. They've taken this company from nothing and it's grown to be one of the biggest in the industry they're jetting around the world, swinging huge deals. They're a model. Uh, people are writing you, them up in books about what uh, strong corporate leadership looks like and so on. And then all of a sudden an audit is done and it's discovered that there's a whole bunch of uh, 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 playing around with the numbers and the accounts and uh, the finances and a scandal breaks out and these high-flying uh, businessmen are being carted off to jail and uh, all of a sudden everyone's denouncing them and saying, well, I thought there was something going on. Hmm. And uh, and you look at that again and you say, this guy's brilliant. Like He didn't even have to be criminal. He, he was legitimately right. making lots of money. He built a huge company he was making a huge salary. Uh, why would he cross the line and do something illegal that's going to send him to jail? It's going to mm. cost him his fortune and his company. And uh, you you see this in politics. Uh, one of the examples used in the book is uh, Bill Clinton. Uh, Clinton is a, a very gifted uh, politician in many ways and uh, very successful uh, go, he's a Rhodes Scholar. He's he's a he's a bright person, uh, and then you have a Monica Lewinsky uh, scandal in mm-hmm. which he is uh, almost impeached for, and you you look at that and say, and not, not just the fact that he has an affair with an intern, but that he does it so recklessly, so carelessly. I mean, it's almost as if it's just inevitable that he'll be caught and uh, and denounced. There he is in the Oval Office and. You look at that and you just say, how does that happen? And these authors would say uh, their dark side caught up with them, Hmm. that they had a dark side and 
uh, and they didn't deal with it. They suppressed it. They uh, ignored it. They denied it. And for a while, you can... The interesting thing about dark sides, they would say, is that uh, for a while, your dark side can actually help you be successful. And hmm. uh, the and as we've often seen, the very thing in your life that can give you success can also be what causes your greatest failure. Uh, and so, for instance, there's been many, many stories of either business people or, or pastors who grew up very, very poor. And they were perhaps mocked by other children for how poor they were and uh, how they didn't have anything. And they wore ragged clothes and they lived in a tiny house and, they're, and they couldn't afford to do things that other kids did. And as a result, some of these kids were deeply scarred by it. And they... Uh, they they promised themselves, um, I'm never going to be poor like my dad was. Right. Uh, and so they're driven for towards success. And not just to earn a decent living, but it's, they have a need to have money so that they will not be poor, that, that people will no longer look down on them as uh, being low class and, and having nothing. And of course, if you have develop this uh, deep need in your life to prove that you're not worthless. Uh, how much money do you have to earn before you suddenly feel that you're right. not worthless anymore? Right. Just and, a little bit more. Yeah. Is, and so these the guys, <laughs> you know, and so sometimes it's a pastor and the pastor, it's like, um, I've got to build a church and surround myself with people that love me because I, I never felt loved by my dad. I never mm. felt loved by my mom. Uh, Nobody growing up believed in me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna build this church and it and it'll be filled with people who love me. So they they go and start a church and they eventually they've got a hundred people around them. And I'll tell you what they know how to bring out the love in their people. They know how to preach. They know how to they have great people skills and they know how to endear themselves to others. And so eventually that church of a hundred though uh, is not enough. There's there's still this this dark side in them of need of insecurity. And so they work extra hard and they build the church to 500 people. Now they've got 500 people that listen to them every week that admire their ministry, that love them, but that's not enough. So they're driven to, to, to grow the church to a thousand and then to 2000 and then to 5,000. And you would think here's a guy now that's grown a church from nothing to 5,000 in attendance every Sunday. You'd think that at that point he would realize, you know what? what those kids said to me on the playground just isn't true. I, yeah. you know, I am, I am a talented person. I, right. I am gifted. I am a leader, but that dark side just continues to whisper into their soul. Uh, no, you're still a loser. Uh, yeah. those friends that said you'd never amount to much. That's, there was some truth to that. Yeah. And so you're driven to, and to, to, and so of course, if you feel like a loser and you feel like, uh, you've got something to prove, then, uh, then maybe you're going to also uh, be susceptible to temptation and some uh, another person, another man or woman uh, seeks to seduce you and tell you how wonderful you are. Well, you, you want to hear how wonderful you are. And all of a sudden yeah. you're tempted uh, to commit sin, uh, to commit adultery with someone that will keep telling you these wonderful things about yourself. Mm-hmm. and you just have this need to continually be affirmed that you're a person of worth. And yeah. if you were determined that you'd never be poor like your dad, then uh, 
even when you've made lots of money, you you still be tempted to, well, I can cut these corners, I can do this stuff in the kind of in the gray area and uh, of legality, but it'll just look at how much more money it'll make me. And uh, when right. I have all that much money, then I'm going to feel more secure and then I can take it easy. And, uh, and so you find people that in one sense, this insecurity, this, uh, this need in their life actually is a motivator that drives them to work harder than others, uh, to be more creative, to take bolder risks, uh, and it can often lead to success uh, for a period of time. But, you, but, but if you've never addressed the dark side, you don't know when to turn it off. You don't know when to stop it. Uh, and it keeps pushing you to greater uh, extremes all the time. And so lots and lots of examples. Now, some, sometimes people, I think, do, I mean, and we'll talk about this after the break, but you can, you, you have to address the dark side. And I think some people have, you know, uh, some of the, the, the people I, I, I love, like uh, D.L. Moody, he uh, was a very uneducated person, f- felt insecure about that all of his life, that he had never really gone to school and, and, and he didn't have very good grammar. And, and when he was younger, people used to make fun of him because he just butchered the English language. And in fact, when Moody uh, became a Christian and joined the church, they'd have a sharing time. And he was just so excited about the Lord that he'd get up and he would just share what God was doing. And he said, I, I noticed that all the adults were squirming in their seats while I was speaking. He said, it looked like they were in great discomfort. And the fact was, he was butchering the English language so pitifully that the adults couldn't stand to hear him speak. Hmm. They finally sent word through the elders, would you, would you please ask uh, young uh, Dwight uh, to just not speak in public until he's got a better grasp of the English language. <laughs> now, this is a guy who's ultimately going to be driven to be the most popular uh, preacher of his day worldwide. Uh, yeah. But in many ways, you can imagine if, you, if you're asked, please just don't speak in public. You just yeah. don't have a gift for that. <laughs> uh, that that might not just be part. I mean, I think God had his hand on Moody and God clearly used him but Moody was a very driven person, right. very, very driven, worked very, very hard. And part of that, I think, is he had a lot to prove. He had a lot to overcome. Right. In fact, even in this book, they mention another famous example. And, of course, some of this is speculation. It's not, uh, it's not necessarily uh, proven beyond uh, doubt. But, uh, but they also tell the story that's well known of Billy Graham, who... Uh, fell in love with a young woman. I think her name was Emily. And she, and he proposed to her, gave her a ring, which she accepted. But a couple of weeks later, she gives it back to him, says, I've changed my mind. I don't want to marry you. Uh, and, and the reason she gives is that he just doesn't show, she wants to, to, to be in ministry. She wants to marry a man that will be in ministry. And, and Billy Graham just doesn't show the ability to be very successful in ministry. Yeah. And she doesn't want to hitch her wagon to someone who's just not going to, who's going to be a very mediocre minister at best. And there's someone else in the college at the time that's a much better speaker than Billy Graham is and much more accomplished in ministry. And she wants to marry him and she's hedging her bets and marrying someone that shows promise. Hmm. Well, uh, it's a very devastating day for Billy Graham. He cries his eyes out uh, over that, is heartbroken. And uh, these authors at least suggest, of course, again, Billy Graham is someone that clearly is sold out to God and God is blessing and you, 
so much of his ministry clearly is what God did. But I would say that someone like Billy Graham is someone that addressed some of that, who faced his, his hurt. And uh, I don't think that he just decided, I'm going to, I'll show her, I'm going to become a great minister right. and prove her wrong. Uh, but at the same time, I think he took his hurts, he took his disappointments and said, but God, can you use me anyway? Hmm. I may never be as talented as that guy, but do you have a, a something for me to do just as well? And, uh, and he managed to overcome that dark side. And, uh, and of course he also put some things in place in his life to protect him from things like adultery and compromising situations. Right. He could have been vulnerable to women who thought highly of him and who did praise him and play to his ego. Mm -hmm. And so not only did uh, Billy Graham deal with that in his own personality, but he also put checks and balances in place so that if he ever was in a weak moment, uh, he would not compromise himself. And so you see people, I would say everybody has a dark side, some obviously much more severe than others. And I've said this on the podcast before, uh, my wife is one of the most nurturing people that she, uh, that I've ever known, uh, and she's one of the most protective mothers I've ever known. And yet, I would say all three of my kids uh, entered into their adult life with certain insecurities in their life. Uh, I mean, they're all accomplished, talented, intelligent young mm-hmm. adults. And I and I've looked at that to say, you know, they had parents who really protected them and went to bat for them and loved them and provided for them. And still, you still get through life with hurts and insecurities and fears. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I look at my own kids and say, well, how would you have, you're good looking, you're smart, you're gifted. How could you have any insecurities? Uh, But people do. And what I've learned is I think most people get through life with a certain amount of hurt and insecurities, maybe just an unkind thing that was said to them early on that got filed away somewhere, maybe an early failure in their life that really humbled them or hurt them. But uh, we all have those experiences. That right. It's nothing to be ashamed of if you uh, got through childhood with some wounds uh, along the way. The question is, what do you do about them? Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's what we'll address after the break. That sounds like a great plan. <laughs> Twice a year, Black Bee Ministries hosts a spiritual leadership coaching workshop in the Atlanta area. The focus of this workshop is learning how to ask the right questions to help move people onto God's agenda. The next workshop is November 4th through 6th, and registration is open now. The early bird rate is available until October 1st, and space is limited. To find out more and to register, visit blackbeecoaching.org. Links will be in the show notes. Uh, Richard, he mentions in the book several different types of dark sides. Yeah. Can you unpack that a little for us? Yeah, they mentioned five types, and I'm sure there's others as well. But uh, one is what they call the compulsive leader. And in each of these, they pick out someone from the Bible to to exemplify that. And with this one, it's Moses. Mm -hmm. And they say sometimes they they have a need to control things at all costs. Uh, Sometimes it makes them perfectionists. uh, Yeah. But they they want to take matters into their own hands and make sure that it's done right and uh, that they can they have a hard time delegating because people can't do it like they would want it to be done and so on and so Moses is uh, an example of that. Another type of person is what they call the narcissistic leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much of it is about them. Uh, they they might lead and say, "Well, I'm just care about the company or care about this church," but really, so much of it is. 
it's this organization is there to prop up their self-esteem and right. uh, they they list uh Sol- King Solomon as an uh, example of that um very successful but so much of what the, the nation the organization does is to prop him up and to give him a good life and yeah. to give him fame uh rather than building up the, the nation for its own sake a third type of leader they mention is the paranoid leader uh and of course king saul is uh, the example they use there uh, someone who's just so insecure You've got a, a David who's willing to fight giants on your behalf, but you begin to feel threatened by David. And yeah. and when people start praising David, you you start getting insecure and 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 your feelings are hurt that they're praising other people more than you. And will this lead to uh, them wanting to oust me and make him king in my place? And uh, the the secular leader that they of course mention is uh, Richard Nixon, who was very you know he's, he wins in a landslide uh, presidential election, but uh, but then he's paranoid that his enemies are trying to take him down. Yeah. And of course, it leads to Watergate. He, he he didn't need to go have any break in, didn't need to go spy on his, the, the other party. He's comfortably uh, in power and comfortably reelected, but, uh, uh, but paranoia leads him uh, to, to do some crazy things that ultimately bring him down. Uh, they mentioned the codependent leader, uh, Samson is uh, the example they give there, a need to please uh, other people, uh, also a tendency to engage in self-destructive behavior. Uh, they And they mentioned Bill Clinton as an example of that. Clinton grew up in a very dysfunctional, broken home that involved a lot of lying and cover-ups and keeping a uh, a g- good face on the outside, even though there's turmoil going on inside your house right. and uh, a dysfunction. And uh, and so they talk about the codependent leader. And then a fifth one is uh, a passive-aggressive leader. And uh, they mention uh, Jonah as an example of that. Yeah, he doesn't like what God wants him to do, and he's constantly trying to find ways to not have to do it. And yeah. Sometimes not just directly saying no, but just, leading in a way that you just never deal with what you need to deal with and uh, finding ways to get around doing what you don't want to do. And so those are just five ones. And I, this particular book, at one point, uh, I, I used to meet with uh, three other men on a regular basis, and we actually read this book together and then tried to identify which of these was us. Yeah. (laughs) And of course, it doesn't mean that you're all this, but it just means you may have tendencies. uh, You might, and there's, at the end of each chapter, they have a little survey you can take, some questions to answer to see if perhaps you don't have some of this in you as well. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, of course, there are people that that overcame their dark side. Right. Uh, I think the Apostle Paul is probably one of those. I mean, he... Uh, one thing these guys would say is that you never completely eradicate the dark side. It's always there, uh, but you can defeat it. You can master it. You you can keep it in subjection. Yeah, so before we uh, wrap up here, can you lay out a few things that, that uh, the listeners can take away in, in combating that dark side? Yeah, well, I think, first of all, you just have to acknowledge it. Just confess it. You know, have you ever known people uh, that clearly had some issues, but they yeah. just would not talk about it? Uh, mm-hmm. They wouldn't uh, admit it. They, they they didn't have a problem. These fifty other people that they all ha- they have conflicts with, th- they are the ones who have right. a problem, but not not them. 
the fact that they've been fired from their last six jobs. Yeah, they, it's, it's just spiritual warfare. Yeah, spiritual warfare. They just happen to always get a jerky boss. Uh, yeah. It's just a string of bad luck, but it's, right. not, it's not their issue. And so, you know, the first thing I would just say is acknowledge you have an issue. And I think that's what the Apostle Paul did. You know, I mean, he's uh, prideful, he's arrogant, he's over-the-top over ambitious. He'll step on good, innocent people just to further his own uh, career. He'll even murder people uh, in self-righteous pride and egotism. Yeah. Uh, and then, then he has an encounter with, with Jesus. And suddenly his, it's interesting because when he first sees Jesus, he's blinded. And when the scales finally come off of his eyes, it's like they figuratively do as well. They, uh, he begins to see himself as he has been all along. Right. He thought he was a, the most perfect, self-righteous, uh, law-abiding uh, Pharisee that there was. All of a sudden, he now he realizes, no, I was the chief of sinners. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was a murderer. I was, I, I was a disgrace. I, here I was so proud of myself. Now I see myself clearly. And so Paul sees himself clearly, and then he, then he lets the grace of God begin to address issues. And he confronts them. And, yeah. uh, and he has confidence that by God's grace, he can change and be set free. And, and for a lot of folks, uh, I would just say, um, trust that God can change you and, and don't be content to stay the same person you've been. You may yeah. have all through your childhood and young adult years, you may have just struggled uh, severely with certain issues. That doesn't mean you have to just be given a life sentence to always uh, be overcome by these issues. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it may mean you need to get, go to a counselor and say, and, and a lot of times when we want to talk to friends or counselors or other people, we really want to talk about other people. You know, I'm having a problem with this person. What do I do to deal with them? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, you know, my mother was a jerk. How do I deal with that, all the hurts of what she did to me? Uh, instead of saying, no, let's just focus on me. Let's focus on what my upbringing did to me and what it caused me to be like. And I, yeah. don't, want to, I don't want to be like that anymore. Too much counseling is just justifying who we are today. Well, yeah. well, of course you're an angry person. Look at the dad you had. Well, yeah, yeah that may be true, but we can focus on your dad, who was a jerk, or we can focus on the fact that you've grown up to become an angry person yourself. And would you like to change? Would you like to be set free? Um, so don't don't just justify your current behavior by the home you grew up in. Yeah, acknowledge you where you came from. Acknowledge, but acknowledge what that's made you become. And then ask God to change you from being that kind of person. And 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 you may. And I, the last thing I might say about that is that, as we've already seen, some of the very things that uh, can be a dark side, can be a negative thing in your life, can also be used by God to bring great good. Mm -hmm. So uh, a person like Paul, for instance, uh, he becomes a messenger of grace. Why? Because he, because of all of the sin in his life, all the change that had to take place in his life, he learned very much about grace and what grace could do because it needed to do a lot in his life to, to right. turn him from a egomaniac to a, a, a bond servant of Christ, right. the chief of sinners. Uh, and so what, what, when God began to change him, all of a sudden he had a great message for other people as well. And, you know, I think uh, just... Uh, 
in history, you think of Abraham Lincoln. That's a guy that experienced every imaginable kind of failure growing up, had a horrible relationship with his father, uh, suffered all kinds of loss and disappointment and death of loved ones, broken uh, relationships and so on. Um, he went bankrupt. But, uh, at the, but what that did is it created a humility in Lincoln. It, 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 it grounded him. He, he'd lost so much, suffered so much, yeah. that by the time the Civil War came around, he knew what pain was about. He knew what loss was about. He knew what it meant to lose a son. And so as he is uh, leading the nation, he knows how to empathize with them. He knows how to, he, he's, he knows how the words uh, to use that will bring comfort and confidence. And uh, I, I, I think all the adversity and the, the struggles of his upbringing and, and early uh, adulthood prepared him to be the leader that his nation needed him to be. And so Mm -hmm. oftentimes, if you will let the Spirit of God take the hurts and dysfunction and brokenness of your past and mend you and transform you, set you free, uh, you will be a much, much more powerful leader and be able to be used of God to help others, not just because you know in your head what God says he does in the Bible, but because you've experienced it yourself and you know it's true. And so I'd say we all have a dark side. We all need to acknowledge it, admit it. Um, don't be afraid of it. Uh, face up to it. And as the Spirit of God is with you, there's nothing in your life that you'll face that the Spirit of God can't get you victory over. And so don't waste any more time. And for some of, of our listeners, there may be a, a time bomb ticking right now saying, if you don't address this right. dark side, your marriage uh, is in danger. Your relationship with your child's in danger. Your job may be in danger. Uh, you've got to deal with this dark side. So yeah. uh, don't put it off any longer. If you've got a dark side that's been left unaddressed, that ought to become priority one in your life as a leader. Get that straightened out. And uh, you'll, you'll not only survive as a leader, but you'll be a much better leader in the days to come. Well, I think that's a great place to end it. And uh, once again, thank you, Richard, uh, for walking us through uh, yet another book review. And uh, again, if you have questions or comments, reach out to us, podcast at blackaby.org. And again, we always appreciate any yeah. reviews or, uh, you know, five-star ratings on <laughs> Apple Podcasts and uh, uh, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. That uh, helps us out a lot. And uh, until next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, review us on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. If you have questions or comments, please email us at podcast at blackbee.org.